the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Another round of two low craft beer cast on AM 970. The answer, a fantastic show for you tonight. The craft beer guest, the usual ones that will be joining me this hour. Not so much the usual ones. Well, actually, one is the usual one. One's a new one. Uh, the usual news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gatulo G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beercast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beercast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Uh, before we get to the guests, a little the, uh, the killers to start off the program from their day and age album. That's uh, Losing Touch. They're actually going to be touring again. Um, I believe it's January they're going to be at the Barclays Center. And I know tickets are going on sale. I think it's next week for the Barclays Center. Although I've heard a couple of, uh, you know, complaints about the Barclays Center uh, from a couple of weeks ago, the Iron Maiden show. Apparently it was too hot in the building. Uh, the sound wasn't that great. I'm not exactly sure uh, if I want to go see a band over at the venue, although I'm sure they're not just playing Barclays Center. They're probably playing a couple places. Hopefully they're playing the Prudential Center. Uh, over in New Jersey, a little bit of an easier ride for me, but we'll see. I'm I'm uh, tempted. I've never seen the Killers before. Heard great things about them. Very uh, been told they're excellent in concert. So uh, maybe I have to check that out in January. Uh, I'm not crazy about winter concerts, uh, you know, because you know all the variables of the snow and driving. It'll cost me uh, eighty two fifty just to get there. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see. So uh, little Killers to kick off the program and uh, our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast. First up, Chris Fanari. From Brewbound, we've had him on before. It's a great industry resource for news, jobs in the craft beer industry, and so much more. Uh, and the news has been a little crazy the last few weeks in the beer industry. And I thought having Chris on to discuss it was the right thing to do. That's coming up in just about ten minutes. At the bottom of the hour, John Chiat, uh, he's one of the co- uh, the authors, along with his brother, of a very cool book. If you like horror movies and spooky drinks that go with them, this is the book for you. Let's Get Monster Smashed, uh, Horror Movie Drinks for a Killer Time is the book. Uh, John will talk to me about how he and his brother Mark created the book and the drinks and so much more. And, oh, by the way, uh, it's not just uh, alcohol. You can have non-alcoholic drinks. So something to do with the kids, maybe a family night. You guys want to watch uh, you know, a classic horror movie and have uh, movie-themed horror-inspired drinks with it. Well, this is the book for you. That happens in about 20 minutes from now. Let's get into our news and notes segment here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Actor Kelsey Grammer, this is a very cool story. He is going to operate a brewery in the Catskills region. Uh, he told uh, the former Cheers and Fraser star, uh, told a national TV audience last week, he was on uh, with uh, live with Kelly and Ryan, and it's called the Faith American Brewery. Did this a couple of weeks ago. They did a little tasting uh, on the program, and apparently the brewery is going to be located on a former dairy farm in Margaretville, New York. It's a village on the northern edge of the Catskill Park in Delaware County. Uh, Grammar says they're still working out some details related to pollution controls. Wants to make sure, uh, you know, everything's on the up and up, and uh, there's apparently you have to do a lot of stuff for water treatment up there, waste disposal, 
Uh, and um, it, it's very cool. He is, Grammer is friends with Paul Leone, who we've had on the program before. He is the director of the New York State Brewers Association. And he named the uh, brewery for his daughter, Faith. Uh, Grammer said he bought the land where the brewery will be located 25 years ago. He said it was always his favorite spot in the world. I guess he had gone uh, up there as a little boy in Thanksgiving as he told the story to Kelly Ripa. And uh, his part of his goal in opening the brewery was to try to help restore some prosperity to an, uh, an area that has been struggling financially in recent years. Uh, the land also once housed the largest cauliflower farm on the East Coast with trucks lined up for miles uh, to pick up the cauliflower. New York State, of course, more than 300 breweries, more than half of them uh, opened in the past five years. And the most recent data released by the State Liquor Authority, Delaware was one of just five counties out of 62 in the state with no breweries. So uh, a welcome addition up in Delaware County in New York State. So kudos to Kelsey Grammer. No opening date yet, but as soon as we have those details, uh, we will get it to you. Our good friends at Coronado Brewing, uh, they've got a new beer that is out, Beach Break IPA. Uh, this is, uh, let's see, 22-ounce bombers, 12-ounce bottle, six-packs, and draft. It's already out uh, right now. Uh, Beach Break uh, Imperial IPA uh, will be available throughout the company's distribution uh, footprint. It's an 8% ABV with an 86 IBU, so bitter, but uh, not, you know, on the, well, more on the high-end scale uh, of bitterness. Uh, Simcoe, Citra, and Mosaic Hops are in this one. Uh, I'm actually getting a sample of that uh, sometime in the next couple of days, so hopefully... We'll get a chance to review that uh, on the uh, Suds and Duds segment uh, very soon on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast right here on AM 970, The Answer. And then I, I hesitate to use or to bring up politics uh, during this program because this program is really not a political program. But uh, what's interesting, apparently the Democratic Party, in an effort to try and win back control of Congress, uh, it wants to crack down on corporate monopolies. Apparently Senator Chuck Schumer uh, has come out with a plan uh, that uh, he took a, a basically a swipe at mega breweries. Uh, he said the um, they named, or at least Democrats did, the beer industry, pointing to last year's $107 billion merger between Anheuser-Busch InBev and SAB Miller as a segment where mergers and acquisitions have not been more cro- uh, closely scrutinized. He says, as of 20, or as the party wrote, as of 2016, five breweries controlled over 50% of global beer production compared to 10 companies in 2004. Although there is a burgeoning craft brewery industry, these small businesses are under threat from large legacy brewers that are acquiring their craft competitors or trying to block craft brewers' access to the marketplace. So they went on to talk about this, and under a better deal, regulators would be required to review mergers after completion to ensure they continue to promote competition and new standards would be implemented to limit large mergers that unfairly consolidate corporate power. Now, of course, Anheuser-Busch InBev came back at this, saying there are over 5,500 breweries in the country and we're all about you know competition, et cetera, et cetera. But if you talk to the people that work directly with local breweries or guys that don't have distribution deals and have to go and self-distribute uh, their beer, they would say that these mergers are hurting the business. I would tend to agree with them to a certain extent. Um, I think that the beer business in general could be more educated. Uh, in in terms of uh, price points, um, what it costs for a brewer to make beer, uh, what the supply and demand of the particular area wants, look, there are going to be some places that are always going to have Bud and Coors Light on stock because it makes them the most money. And it was an interesting question, and this is kind of parallel to this, that I had posted on a, on a, on a group page on Facebook called New Jersey Let's Talk Craft Beer. And I said, you know, and the reason why it, it triggered m- my interest is the fact that um, 
reading a lot of views on Yelp and and you know and, and a bunch of different places of a bunch of different restaurants and people talking about how they go to a particular place. I'm not going to single out the places, but they say you know the food was good, but the drinks were too much money, or the beer was too much money. All right, that's all relative. What's too much money, or how much is too much for you to pay for a beer? Is is five dollars too much for you to pay for a craft beer? Eight dollars too much? And I'm talking about, I don't want to say a generic craft beer, but a, 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 a basic craft beer. I'm not talking about something with a high, with a high ABV, uh, you know, something that's an exotic type of beer, like a 10% ABV or something like that, or something that costs the brewery a lot of money to make. I'm talking about a Pilsner, a lager, a run-of-the-mill IPA, something that is not, you know, the readily accessible. What is too much? And most people said between 5 and $7 is about the average that they would pay for a craft beer. They would pay more for certain things because they enjoy them, but 5 to $7 is about right. And then Scott Wells, who's one of the guys from Bolero Snort, very, very open about this, about profit margins. That, you know, some bars, they make, you know, 75, it costs them 75 cents to tap, uh, you know, a, a, Bud, a Budweiser. They make, you know... So they'll charge somebody, let's say, three seventy-five at happy hour. They're making three dollars every time they pull the handle. I get that part of it. I get where the bar has to make money, um, but how much is too much? And is the, these all these mergers and acquisitions too much for the uh, the craft beer business? So we talk about a bubble all the time. I, I don't know if we're at that point yet. I kind of think we're getting there, but I don't think we're at that point yet. And what what bothers me, I think more than anything, is the fact that some of these places just don't get it. They don't understand the price point, which is why they have a keg sitting for weeks and months and it doesn't move because the price point is too high and people aren't willing to pay for it. So, you know, Scott brought up a great point is that, you know, for the local brewer, it costs them a little bit more to make the uh, to make the beer or about the same. And then, you know, they're they're having to sell it, uh, you know, at a, at a markup. So I, I don't know. It, it's um, it, to, to me, uh, I, I think it all depends on what you want to pay. And, uh, you know, it just you want to keep things or as Scott has as Scott said, you want to keep things in line with the other places. Beer should be about an average price everywhere. It should be about I, to me, it should be about six bucks a pint. Some places will charge more. That's uh, that's just the way it goes to me. It, 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 my understanding of it, uh, if you know, you want to drink a three dollar and seventy five cent Coors Light, by, by all means, do so. To me, it's not worth it. I, I don't think it's worth Drinking that type of beer, I would pay $6 for a good craft beer. I'd pay $8 for a good craft beer. I'd pay 10 if it's got a high ABV. But on the average, and most people that I had um, I had posted this question that commented on average, they'd pay between 5 and $7 a beer, which I think is fair. Um, do, do I think that some places charge way too much for a craft beer? Sure. But I also think it depends on where you go. Now, when you're talking about alcohol and spirits, it's a completely different animal. How much they're paying for the vodka or the rum or whatever, and then they're marking it up. That's a totally different animal. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about beer, strictly beer. And, you know, the way even Scott put it, he says, no more, no, you shouldn't expect to pay more than $6 for most pints unless it's a limited or, spe- or specialty beer. His problem is in North Jersey, a lot of places will charge much more for a particular beer because it's closer to New York and they want to make more money off of it because they're in the New York City area. That, to me, is ridiculous. I think what you should do is you should have a, you know, a base price on, mo- on most of your craft beers, and here's where you make your profit. Six, you know, 650 $6, 650 you're going to move more beer, and therefore you're going to make more money. 
because you're going to want people are going to be coming back to your place. I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe call me crazy. I don't know. Uh, but uh, and then finally, last thing before we take a break, got an email from uh, the producer of the Joe Piscopo show, and of course he does his own show on Sunday mornings, Frank Morano, uh, from uh, four to eight thirty in the morning, uh, with a little break in between from uh, seven thirty to eight. But uh, got an email uh, from him. He uh, apparently a listener. Uh, says that uh, I should, let's see, Al, Jane Allison says I should, uh, and of course she spells my name wrong, she said Al Catulo, I should quit drinking alcohol because alcohol is a carcinogenic. Now, she also said in the same email that Frank should take B-complex to make your blood uh, sour, uh, that mosquitoes don't like that. That is a myth, uh, Allison, Jane Allison, or whatever your name is. So thanks for telling me to stop drinking uh, alcohol. That's not going to happen. But I appreciate the advice. When we come back after a short break, Chris Renari from Brewbound is going to join me. Folks, just getting started on this program that focuses on the delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Gallagher enjoys watching the media deal with the Trump White House. You've got a general, you've got a Marine general running the ship, running the show at the White House. And that infuriates the Trump hating me they are they, i mean i'm not kidding you they're comical they're comical the mike gallagher show weekdays at 10 right before dennis prager at 1 on am 970 the answer if you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We've partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM970 The Answer is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Timothy Christian School, Kearney Christian Academy, Trinity Christian School. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. Be sure to tune in every Sunday night as Labor Press, New York's leading source for daily labor news and industry information, brings you their Blue Collar Buzz radio show. The hosts, Neil Tapel and Bill Holfeld, will discuss issues in the workplace and talk with some of the most prominent and influential personalities in the labor community. It's Labor Press, Sunday nights at 9, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, this is Michael Riedel of the New York Post. Now, don't miss my show every Saturday morning at 9 on the town. It's brought to you by Hello, Dolly, winner of four Tony Awards, including Best Revival of a Musical and Best Actress in a Musical, The Great Bette Midler. Tickets at HelloDollyOnBroadway.com. The sounds of summer, kids playing, birds chirping, the ice cream truck. Too bad all you can hear is that ringing in your ears. It's your tinnitus, actually pronounced tinnitus. If it's driving you crazy, call Dr. Melody Hertzfeld and Associates on Long Island. They specialize in treating tinnitus patients just like you. Hi, this is Dr. Melanie Hertzfeld. Our office has a variety of proven tinnitus therapies. If your ears are ringing, give us a call. Call Dr. Melanie Hertzfeld and Associates, 516-364-0011. 516-364-0011. 
one. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am97theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to and download all of the Craft Beer Cast from there. A little Don Felder, a little solo stuff, Never Surrender. Reason why, this was one of the songs on the soundtrack of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oddly enough, 35 years ago this week, Fast Times at Ridgemont High released in back in 1982. And it's interesting, all the Eagles, except for Glenn Fry, had a track on the Fast Times at Ridgemont High album. Interestingly enough, I think the band at that point had broken up. So, you know, go figure there. A little music history and movie, movie history as well. Now, my next guest on the cast, he's an editor at Brewbound. We've had him on before. It's a website that it's an enormous craft beer industry resource. Brewbound.com is the website for more information. Lots of news to get to. So let me welcome back Chris Fernari to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Chris, welcome back. Why don't you get a job, Spicoli? <laughs> what are you people on dope uh what a great movie it was just great to see it on the big screen again uh earlier this week very very cool I love so, that flick. so chris um just this past thursday we found out that anchor steam has been purchased by japanese beer maker sapporo for 85 million is this a deal that surprises you um you know uh deals just don't surprise me anymore in the craft beer space uh you know they're they're happening so frequently that um you know, nothing is really much of a shock anymore. Um, I had actually heard whispers about this uh, a few months back and uh, was a little surprised that it took this long. I- I've heard for about a year now that Anchor was looking for a buyer. Um, and then a few months back, I had heard that uh, Sapporo was pretty close to inking a deal. Um, so this one didn't really come as a huge shock to me. Uh, you know, I, I think what's most interesting about this deal is the actual price being disclosed, uh, $85 million. Um, is that, It's actually a pretty small deal when you think about some of the others that have occurred in the space. Sure. I mean, Constellation buying, uh, you know, Ballast Point for what? What was it, a billion? I mean, that's that was a great deal. But, I mean, and Anchor Steam has been around for so long, you would have expected, I guess, uh, for that for it to go for more money, but uh, but it didn't. But still, $85 million is uh, not exactly, uh, you know, uh, chump change there either. No, it's not. And, you know, I think where much of the value in this deal lies is actually in the real estate. Um, I understand that uh, Anchor Brewers and Distillers, the sort of parent company for Anchor Brewing, they actually own uh, the building where the brewery resides, as well as the warehouse across the street. And as you know, San Francisco is a uh, very pricey real estate market. So I think much of the value in this deal is actually in the real estate itself. And, Chris, more news out of California that broke last week with Coronado Brewing acquiring Monkey Paw, uh, which is a local brewer in San Diego, for those who are not aware. A good move for Coronado? Yeah, you know, I think Coronado's doing some really interesting stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're building uh, a lot of different tap rooms. They're establishing uh, some partnerships, uh, you know, south of the border. And, and now they're 
Um, they're acquiring Monkey Paw, which is a very small brewery uh, in San Diego's East Village neighborhood. Um, actually, when this deal was announced, I happened to be in San Diego, uh, so I stopped in there that night. And it's actually, uh, it actually feels more like a craftier bar. So um, they have a number of their own selections on tap, but then they also serve uh, a lot of local beers. And, and the guy behind the operation um, is, is a man who uh, is well-known in the San Diego beer scene, Scott Blair, a uh, pretty outspoken guy, and uh, he owns a number of craft beer bars in the area. So, um, yeah, pretty interesting deal for Coronado. Very cool. Actually, and now another one on my list when I go out to San Diego at the end of this year to check them out because I love Coronado. So, Monkey Paw, this is, this is another one I have to put on the list to go check out. Talking with Chris Renari, an editor at Brewbound, brewbound.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, Duclaw Brewing here on the East Coast seeking a buyer or an investor. Now, Chris, you think this has to do with a moderately successful mid-level brewer that wants to expand, that's having a cash flow ish, uh, problem, or is it something else? You know, I think that uh, there's probably a variety of reasons for why a brewery like Declaw might actually go out and say, hey, you know, we're interested in an investor and an advisor or uh, an investor or a buyer. Um, You know, I think, one, it could just be that they need uh, some capital to grow. Uh, Two, you know, they've uh, been in the business for quite some time and maybe they're thinking uh, it's their time to exit. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, and I think they said as much, uh, right. when, when they, uh, announced that they were, you know, looking for this opportunity. Um, I think what you're finding now is just that, you know, there are so many breweries and, and brewery owners, um, who are finding it, you know, the, the space to be so competitive, um, that they really need a partner, uh, to help you know, carry the business forward. And that could come in a variety of ways. It could come in, uh, in, in the form of a complete buyout, or it could come in the form of, uh, you know, growth capital and bringing on a new partner. Uh, this one surprised me, Chris. Brooklyn Brewery investing in a few uh, different breweries around the country. Now, which breweries are they investing in, and why did they decide to do this? Yeah, so the two U.S. breweries uh, that they're investing in are 21st Amendment and uh, Funkworks. 21st Amendment is out in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. They originally started as a brew pub in San Francisco, and um, they've since uh, expanded into a a pretty large facility in San Leandro across the Bay. Um, And Funkworks is a really small brewery uh, in Fort Collins, Colorado, Um, two totally different uh, companies. Um, So those are their two U.S. investments. I mean, Brooklyn has been on sort of a tear lately investing in international breweries um, and forming these partnerships all around the world. Um, So in in, in terms of, you know, just their appetite for for doing deals, um, not too surprising. However, um, you know, I think the the U.S. market, you know, investing in the U.S. market is pretty interesting. Um, 21st Amendment has a ton of uh, uh, capacity out in uh, California. So um, Brooklyn, which, you know, obviously doesn't sell beer in California, should they want to go out there and expand uh, into that market? Or I I guess I should say when they want to expand into that market. Um, This gives them access to to, to brewing resources. Um, And Funkworks, you know, I haven't really quite wrapped my head around, you know, what they're sort of uh, bringing to the table other than, you know, a really unique portfolio of beers because they're pretty small. Um, 
So what's been sort of described to me and, and others that have reported on this um, is that, you know, they were just sort of complimentary um, and it, it, it's a nice brand. Uh, to be able to take the market. Um, but the, the other, you know, sort of unique part about this is they're not just making a uh, financial investment in these companies. They're also sort of combining sales uh, divisions and, you know, actually building a platform where, you know, if you were a 21st Amendment sales rep, well, guess what? Now you're a 21st Amendment sales rep and you get to sell Funkworks and Brooklyn beers. Yeah, which is, um, so, so a unique little twist. Yeah, I guess that which is smart and more money to be had, you know, for uh, some of these places that don't get a chance to uh, get Brooklyn Brewery in in their bars. Talking with Chris Frenari, an editor at Brewbound, Brewbound.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Chris, walk me through this news that Carl Strauss out of San Diego is going to start wholesaling local breweries in and around San Diego. What does this mean for them? Yeah, so Carl Strauss has actually distributed its own beer um, to bars and restaurants. Now, they, they only they only do on-premise uh, self-distribution. All of their packaged beer that you would buy in a grocery store or a convenience store is, is sold through traditional wholesalers. Um, but they've got a, a, you know, a small infrastructure to be able to deliver kegs and some packaged product to bars and restaurants. Um, and they've been doing this since 1991, I believe. Um, so now what they're doing is just opening the opportunity up for other small brands in the San Diego area to be able to, you know, sort of leverage uh, their infrastructure and um, expand their market presence uh, on premise, at least, uh, through the Carl Strauss distribution um, system, I would I would call it. OK. And uh, last one for me, Chris, this whole thing about Lagunitas. Uh, what, what's going on with the uh, with the deal with Lagunitas? Yeah, so. Um, obviously, uh, 2015, we know Lagunitas sold 50% to Heineken International. At the time, the, that deal was said to be worth, you know, for 50% of the company, said to be worth about $500 million. Um, they've since sold the remaining uh, 50% to Heineken, and now um, Lagunitas has announced a small investment in short brewing in Michigan, um, it was 19.99%, so about 20%. Um, interestingly enough, you know, because uh, Lagunitas has sold to Heineken, they are not technically considered to be a craft brewery by the, uh, the Brewers Association right. definition, uh, but they've, you know, since used their, I think it's Lagunitas U.S. holding subsidiary to invest in some other craft breweries around the U.S., one of them being Shorts. And uh, the most recent, obviously, being Shorts. And it's a 20% stake. And so Shorts is still technically considered to be a craft brewery by the Brewers Association definition because they haven't exceeded that 25% threshold that the BA lays out. Um, so I, I just find it, you know, sort of confusing. I mean, try telling that to just sort of your average beer drinker, you know, put a Lagunitas IPA in front of them and uh, a Shorts Humaluma IPA in front of them and you know, hey, one of these is uh, technically independent and, and the other isn't, but, you know, they're both tied up together in some way. Right. Um, you know, the average beer drinker is going to get awfully confused when you try to unpack that for them. Um, so that's always, yeah. a, that's always a fun wrinkle for me to uh, try to report on. Uh, especially after the third beer, they're not going to care where it came from just as long as it gets in their belly. I mean, I guess that's you really have to look at it, right? My, my, I, I think so. My, my guest has been Chris Fernari. He's an editor at Brewbound. Brewbound.com, the website for more information. It's a great industry resource, not only for news, but job listings and a lot of other good stuff. Chris, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it.
Thank you, Al. You got it. When we come back, John Chiat, co-author of Let's Get Monster Smashed, Horror Movie Drinks for a Killer Time, a great book and a great story behind it. you got to check that out. It's all after a short break on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800 518 4020. That's 800 518 4020. Two years ago, more than 500 business and political leaders came to New Jersey's first ever business summit in Atlantic City. They discussed how they could work together to solve key issues hampering our state's economic growth. And out of that summit came action. We saw taxes reduced and the trust fund for rebuilding our infrastructure fully funded once again. Many of the summit's participants came together to create Opportunity New Jersey, a coalition dedicated to making our state more competitive and more affordable. In this election year, Opportunity New Jersey wants to make sure both candidates support common-sense fiscal policies that will meet these goals. That is why Opportunity New Jersey will host the 2017 Affordability Summit on Monday, September 18th, at First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens in Somerset. Join us at this Affordability Summit and add your voice to those who want to see New Jersey move forward. To register, call Opportunity New Jersey at 609 That's 609-393-6998. Or visit OpportunityNJ.org. This message sponsored by the New Jersey State Chamber of Commerce, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. TheAnswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. I feel like I have to talk in a whisper because of this music. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, we're on Google Play and iTunes as well as SoundCloud. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single one of the shows right from there. Now, my next guest on the cast, if you haven't figured it out yet, that is the theme to the horror movie Children of the Corn. And my next guest, he's the co-author of a drink book, but not just any drink book. If you're a fan of horror movies and you love crazy concoctions and potions to drink, well, this is the book for you. The title of the book, Let's Get Monster Smashed, Horror Movie Drinks for a Killer Time. He's also an accomplished graphic artist. To see his work, just go to chiet.com. That's C-H-A-I-E-T.com. Joining me right now is John Chiat. Welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, John, how are you? Hey, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You got it. Now, John, how did you and your brother Mark, and I know you guys are originally from New Jersey, how did you guys come up with the idea of pairing horror movies with drinks? 
We are. Uh, you know, uh, we've grown up on horror movies all of our life. Probably started a little too early. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of had a break in my career. I decided to uh, quit making books for other people and start making them for myself. Okay. And uh, brought my brother in because why not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a good excuse to get together, watch some movies, have a couple of drinks, and uh, hopefully turn it into something. And, John, why do you think so many people love to throw uh, horror movie parties? I have a friend. She loves doing Halloween. She loves scary movies. Every year she likes to throw she throws a big you know, Halloween party. We all get together and dress up and whatever. But why do people love to throw these horror movie parties? I mean, it's just great watching movies that you love with people that you love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, horror movies are the type of thing I feel. Uh, it doesn't matter how old they are. If you love horror movies, you love them in your heart since you were a little kid or since the first time you saw it. You want to share that with other people. You want to share all the little things that you noticed about it or, oh, look at this. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what better way to do it than with a couple of drinks in your hand, right? Exactly, exactly. Talking with John Chiat, the co-author of Let's Get Monster Smashed, horror movie drinks for a killer time. He's also an accomplished graphic artist. You go see his work, uh, com. that's C-H-A-I-E-T.com. For more info, of course, if you want to pre-order the book on Amazon.com or other places where books are sold, it'll be released on August 28th. So pick up a copy there. Now, John, there are 55 recipes in the book. I'm sure you and your brother had more concoctions put together. How did you guys narrow it down to 55 uh you know that was one of the hardest parts one of the hardest parts we uh we had a hundred or so recipes in the in the various stages you know what i mean um and basically it boiled down to a mix of we knew we wanted to have five separate chapters we wanted to have shots we wanted to have jello mm. uh stuff with big effects if you want to use dry ice or a little fire or something okay. and then also something for uh people who don't drink alcohol you know something that tastes great looks amazing mm. uh but you don't have to get drunk with everybody else so that's, so and that's cool all of yeah exactly right and we have tips so you know you can use those recipes and pour a couple of drops of booze in into this and that and they taste great too um I- so really it was it was sort of like figuring out all those different things you know we have this set of movies this set of uh, criteria that we want to do, what fits best. And then uh, we went with stuff that we love. I mean, we put 10 recipes in there for the Puppet Master series. I don't know if anybody loves Puppet Master as much as us, but they've made about 15 of them. You know what I mean? So and and what I I love the fact that you do have drinks in here that are non-alcoholic. So if the kids are wa- want to watch the movies with you and you want to have a little family party or whatever, you can make drinks for them that that isn't alcoholic, which is which is awesome. I, I love that exactly. Now, and a lot of the drink recipes, you know, including those ones, they're they're very they're not they're not a little too fancy, but they're a little elevated. It's like you're doing a little different. You know, you might be making a pumpkin foam, or you might be making some sort of a infused syrup you know it's, it's a little step up from just mixing a beer with a juice or this and that right right now out of all the drinks and shots that etc that you guys put together which one was your favorite to create oh uh, you know i think really the uh for me putting together the beetlejuice was uh was really just a lot of fun it's not a uh it's not a a looker in terms of what the drink looks like in the glass but the photography the uh, the alcohol and the the flowers and we got these uh, edible bugs to go on it and everything and that was just really like that photograph really sort of uh, emphasizes what we're trying to do you know with the with the book which is elevated drinks in a different and unusual looks gross but by the time you drink it delicious uh, well and, and I'm looking at it right now and by the way uh, you have to have a dried edible beetle 
uh, to uh, garnish the drink. So if you're freaked out by that, folks, don't be. It looks like a great drink. It's got whiskey in it. It's got a bunch of other stuff. Uh, the Amazon recipes are in there. everything. Yeah, it does have a little bit of everything. We're talking with John Chiat, the co-author of Let's Get Monster Smashed, Horror Movie Drinks for a Killer Time on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, he's also an accomplished graphic artist. If you want to see his work, just go to Chiat.com, C-H-A-I-E-T.com for more info. Uh, you can pre-order the book on Amazon.com. It'll be released on August 28th. So since this is a craft beer show, i got to ask your recipe for the silver bullet, John. Does it have to be a Coors Light and a shot of tequila, or can I substitute a different beer in there? Well, you know, of course, when you're at home, you do what you do at home. You know what I mean? Everything is open to whatever you have on hand or whatever you prefer. Uh, the shot of uh, or the <laughs> the Coors Light is actually an homage to our dad. My dad's been drinking Coors Light for probably as long as I've been alive, so that nice. one was for him. <laughs> Excellent. Now I have to say because you ha- you guys have so well. Actually, I'll get to that question in a minute. Is there a favorite style of beer that you like to drink, John? Uh, you know, uh, I'm a simple guy. Okay. I like them light and crappy, sort of. <laughs> I like a Miller High Life or a PBR or a Tecate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I uh, I don't put a lot of airs on about it. Uh, I'm just there to uh, enjoy with my friends usually. I'll tell you what, John. If we ever get together for a drink, I will find a craft beer for you that goes in the same line of Miller High Life and the rest of those uh, beers that you named, and I guarantee you I will get you to enjoy it. Now we're talking and with- I, I've Absolutely. <laughs> We're talking with John Chiat, co-author of Let's Get Monster Smashed, horror movie drinks for a killer time. He's also an accomplished graphic artist. To see his work, you just go to Chiat.com, C-H-A-I-E-T.com for more info. Pre-order the book on Amazon.com. It's going to be released on August 28th or wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble. You can go to all those places uh, to pre-order the book. So, uh, John, your favorite horror movie to watch over and over again, and with which drink are you having when you're watching that horror movie? Uh, you know, there's so many of them. Uh, it's just uh, <laughs> the entire book is everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When well, you get so far into it, it's tough to it's tough to narrow it down. But uh, I love the uh, the Hellraiser series. Okay. I really love um, Dark Man for like the superhero sort of vibe mm-hmm. off of it. Uh, I really love the old '80s stuff, like the. Um, the Gremlins and Ghostbusters, stuff right. like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, what I do have to ask you, though, is, and there's some great, I mean, for some of these, and, and again, folks, the book uh, gives you drink recipes, but you can. it also gives you, hey, if you're making this drink, you should be watching this movie with it. So it kind of ties in with the theme. But what's interesting, John, I'm flipping through the book. Where's the Halloween series in this? Is that book number two? You know, there's always a book number two. There's always something else coming up. There are uh, millions and millions of beloved movies. Uh, this is our first, you know, right. crack at our scope. Um, and honestly, you know, Halloween, love them. But uh, they just weren't one of those, that series that connected with us when we were kids. You oh, know is I that mean? right? That, yeah, you know, it'd be one of the, like, when you're a kid and you're growing up in small towns or whatever, you don't have the internet back in that day. Sure. You get what you get. Whatever's at the video rental store, whatever's there that day, you know? That's it. That's so, it. Oh, see, you can admit it, John. You saw Halloween 3 on VHS, and it threw you <laughs> off completely. And you said, forget it. I'm just not into this. I want Michael Myers. I want the mask. So, but I thought that was gravitate into different directions. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what I really liked was this Army of Darkness drink, uh, because I loved Army of Darkness. First off, I love the Evil Dead series because I love the fact that the first one is so disturbing. 
I remember watching that with my friends and leaving my friend's house to go home, and I only had to walk around the corner, and I ran like you wouldn't believe in the dark <laughs> to make sure that I got home. And then the second one is much more humorous but still scary, and then you get Army of Darkness, and Bruce Campbell does such an amazing job in that movie. Uh, this drink is fantastic. This seems like a really, really cool drink, the boomstick. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that uses a... Uh... I don't know if you've ever had a like a matcha green tea uh, or a, a bubble tea with the, the big giant uh, black straws. Right. Um, so that uses a couple of those to simulate a shotgun, the old boomstick. Mm-hmm. It's got some whiskey and pineapple juice, and we use some uh, pop rocks around the edge of it. So that's something that you have to do a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so this way, when, you, when you're drinking it with the pop rocks, it's kind of exploding on your tongue, right? Exactly, exactly. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> And I love the homage to tra- to, to trauma films. Uh, I, I knew a few people that worked at, at trauma uh, over the years. The Toxic Avenger. This is fantastic. Vodka, mezcal, little gummy octopuses. This is great. This Incredible. Is Thank- yeah, I mean, we grew up on trauma. Uh, Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, Tromeo and Juliet. Yep. You know, if you grew up in Jersey, you know exactly what everybody's talking about. <laughs> well, I hate I hate the name drop. I'm very good friends with Debbie Rashan, who the actress who uh, you know starred in a lot of these uh, trauma films. And, uh, you know, I believe me, watching them as a kid and then meeting uh, the people that are in these films, it's just, it's phenomenal. So my, my guest has been John Chiat, co-author of Let's Get Monster Smashed, horror movie drinks for a killer time. He's also an accomplished graphic artist. If you want to see his work, you just go to Chiat.com, C-H-A-I-E-T.com for more info. Pre-order the book on Amazon.com. It's going to be released on August 28th. Uh, John, I'm hoping this book is a huge success because I want to see what book number two is going to be all about because there's so <laughs> many horror films that are coming out. Thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. And we also have our own site for the book. You can go cool. to monstersmash.com and pre-order it direct from us. Excellent. Monstersmash.com. There you go. John, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it. When we come back, time for Suds and Duds. I'm going to tell you all about the beers I've partaken in the past week. I'll tell you if they are a Suds or if they're a Dud. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Hugh Hewitt already has a prediction on who Trump will face in 2020. They could have 20 candidates, and it's all kind of beside the point. Kamala Harris is going to march through them like Sherman marching through Georgia. I wish they would just wake up on this. They have no chance. It's going to be Kamala Harris, and we ought to just start having the debates now. All right, mark it down. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 3, right before Joe Piscopo at 6 on AM 970. The Answer. Suffering from back pain, the Brooklyn Spine Center is here to help. When I first came here, I was pretty certain that I had stopped walking. And I am just so thankful to have found this center and everybody here who's so wonderful and supportive and always building you up. The treatments are wonderful, and it's made a great big difference in my health, in my life. I could do things again. I could enjoy my grandkids. I could just go on and on and on, and I'm just very thankful to be here. Hi, I'm Dr. Keller, director of the Brooklyn Spine Center. Through non-surgical spinal decompression, we have been able to give our patients their lives back and offer them an alternative to painful injections or risky surgery. Please call us. If we can help you, we will tell you, and if we can't help you, we will tell you that too. Call the Brooklyn Spine Center, 718-475-9438 or brooklynspinecenter.com. That's brooklynspinecenter.com. 
Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as the conversation continues about immigration, about our health care system. It's all about us. It's all about the truth, wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970. The answer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Kevin McCullough Radio. Breaking news. What it means and why it matters. Weeknights at 5 on AM 970. The Answer. Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Of course, we email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget we're on iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for A-G Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every single show. A little D.O. to end the show. You know, interestingly enough, uh, there have been rumors going around about a, a D.O. hologram that's going to tour next year uh, with the Dio Disciples, which was kind of a Dio cover band uh, that had been uh, touring. And apparently that is going to be the case. Um, Ronnie James Dio's wife is, uh, you know, authorized this tour. They did a little sample of the uh, the hologram. It's actually pretty cool. It's a live band playing with Dio. And Dio kind of pops out in the middle of the stage. And uh, I think he did, I think it was We Rock, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway... He does, you know, he does the song, uh, and they're planning on doing a, a full tour on this. Uh, I believe Ripper, who was in uh, the, who was in Judas Priest when Rob Halford had left the band in the '90s, is going to be one of the singers that's going to be on there because Dio's not. They're not going to have the hologram do all of his songs, uh, but uh, and they're going to have other people singing Dio's songs. So kind of interesting. It's supposed to be uh, starting up next year. If it does, and the tickets are reasonable, I think I'm definitely going to go check it out. Sounds like a pretty cool thing. Uh, could this be the future of other musical acts that you've never seen that have passed away? Now, I don't know, um, but uh, it was interesting how they put it together. So, very cool concept. If you do a search for it uh, online, you get a chance to, uh, to see it on YouTube. It's pretty cool. So, it's our Suds and Duds segment, which is the final segment of the program. This is where I tell you about the various beers that I've had over the past week or so. I tell you if they're a Suds, which I like them, or if they're a Dud, which I didn't particularly care for them. So... Started off uh, at the PNC Bank Arts Center uh, a week ago when I was over uh, to see Corn and Stone Sour. And what's great about the PNC Bank Arts Center, the, the lawn needs a little bit of a taking care of, and the facility kind of needs to be updated a little bit. But they have been getting in craft beer over the last several years, which is great. Uh, I'm not you know crazy about the price. Uh, you know, $14, $15 for a craft beer in a can is, is a little excessive, but I get it. They have to make their money, and I really do most of my – imbibing in the parking lot, and then I'll have one or maybe two when I go in there. So I had a uh, a Scarlet Night by Demented Brewing. This is great. I mean, Jersey beer in a Jersey venue. Very cool. Um, just enough bite on this red ale. Uh, you, know, not, uh, you know, not an IPA. Again, a red ale, but delicious. And the fact that, you know, it's, it's Jersey, it's local, it's fresh, that's what makes all the difference. So good stuff from the guys 
from Demented Brewing uh, down in Middlesex County, a Scarlet Knight, uh, to start off Suds and Duds here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, the final segment of the program. An all-day IPA was next. Founders has had quite a presence at PNC over the last couple of years, and this is a great session IPA. If you're looking for something with a low ABV and something that you can sip uh, you know, through the evening, this is definitely... Uh, a great beer for you. So the Founders All Day IPA was next. Then I had the Bourbon Barrel Imperial Coffee Stout. Now, my colleague uh, that works with me here at the radio station, Matt Borzi, uh, was up at the Bethlehem Brew Works a couple weeks ago, and he brought me this beer back uh, after having a discussion with the beverage manager, uh, uh, Ivan Alisea. And uh, we're actually going to get on Jeff Fegley, one of the owners of the Bethlehem Brew Works, of Fegley's Brew Works, uh, next week on the program. Had a great chat with him uh, earlier this week, and that interview will be airing next week. And he brought me back a bottle of their Bourbon Barrel Imperial Coffee Stout. Very, very boozy, this one. You can smell the bourbon when you open it. It warms up when you sip it. But the bourbon does not overpower you. Really enjoyed it. 13%. That was the only one that I had for the evening uh, last week. And believe me, it, it is one that will knock you uh, you know, off your uh, knock your socks off, definitely for sure. If you like stouts and you like them with bourbon in it, again, bourbon very easy on the tongue. You can you can smell it when you open the bottle, but it was not overpowering you, uh, it, you know, in any way, shape, or form. So good stuff from the guys at Fegley's Brew Works, and again, Jeff Fegley will be on the program next week. Then um, Thursday, this past Thursday was IPA Day, uh, International IPA Day, where everybody, you know, all these bars are celebrating all these different IPAs. And, of course, the local place by me, Paragon Tap and Table, uh, they no exception. I think it was 16 of their 25 taps were IPAs. So, And the burger that I had to go with it was unbelievable. They had their Burger of the Week. And folks, let me tell you something. If you enjoy hamburgers like I do, and who doesn't? Who doesn't enjoy a good hamburger? I mean, really. But I have to tell you, this Burger of the Week, was unbelievable. Wagyu beef, American cheese, pickles, onion rings, beef brisket, barbecue beef brisket, okay, on the burger. It was unbelievable. Now, I had it without the bun, trying to cut out some carbs, uh, which I know sounds a little, you know, a little hypocritical because you're drinking beer and that's carbs. But, you know, I figure if I eliminate a lot of bread from my diet, I can substitute it by having a couple of beers, and that'll make up for it. But anyway, I had it without the bread. It was Unbelievable! It was so good. Went with all the beers that I drank. Um, you know, it was just it was delicious. They did a fantastic job, and every week they come out with a different burger of the week. They also have um, a mac and cheese slider flight where they have two different sliders of different ingredients, and then the mac and cheese has different it's different mac and cheeses, and it's just enough to fill you up. Uh, you know, perfectly. So if you haven't had a chance to go and check out Paragon Tap and Table, located right off the uh, Garden State Parkway exit 135 in Clark, New Jersey, in the Target Shopping Center, do yourself a favor. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Anyway, uh, we started off the IPA day with a Weird and Gilly by Single Cut uh, Beersmiths, uh, which uh, Sherm, one of the bartenders, said, I have to start with this one. And he was absolutely right. A hop bomb. It looks like a mimosa, but it was delicious. Not bitter at all, very smooth going down, um, a, decent, a, a decent ABV on it. But really, I, I expect, when I looked at it, I really expected a real bitter bite, and I didn't get that. It was very, very smooth, delicious. Single cutout of Queens, they're doing a fantastic job. This one, they knocked it out of the park on this one. Then I moved on to a Firestone Walker, Leo vs. Ursus. Uh, this is their Adversus. This is a part two of their, I think it's a three-part IPA series that they're coming out with. A nice bitter bite to it. Really good going down. It was the perfect accompaniment to having the single cut, which was smooth, and then to go to the bitter one, 
uh, right after that. Excellent. So if you haven't had a chance to check this one out, definitely get it on tap. I know they have it in cans, but definitely check this one out from Firestone Walker, Leo versus Ursus, the Adversus. Uh, then as we move on here to the uh, on the uh, Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, moved on to a John, which is a juicy L with nugget, that by the Chamonix Creek. Um, it does not taste like an IPA, this one, and it's not supposed to be. Uh, malty but smooth, but I guess it's classified because it's, it's a pale ale. I guess it's in the IPA category. A um, lot of malt flavor in this one. Definitely not, um, definitely not bitter at all. It was really, really good. Really liked it. I gotta get down to the Chamonix Creek. They they make some really good beers um, that I have had over the last several months, and I have to go uh, down there and check them out. They're not that far car right away. Uh, and then is let's see, we move on. Ah, Wet Ticket. Now you want to talk about a local brewery in New Jersey that's really cranking it out, putting out really delicious, fresh local beer. The guys at Wet Ticket, Tim Pewitt and his crew, are putting out some fantastic beers. I had a two times IPA. Uh, this one. Again, one of these types of IPAs with a, a high ABV that doesn't taste like a high ABV. This was like over 8%. Um, smooth, slightly bitter, but I, I, and I have to say, tasting some strawberry in this one. It, I really got some berry notes and more so strawberry, but again, a hint of it. Not, um, not overpowering at all. Like their watermelon wheat that they have out. Is delicious, but it's very, very watermelon heavy. Like you can smell it, you can taste it. It's really, it's it, the presence is there. The strawberry in this, though, if it if there is strawberry in there, I don't know, and I have to check with Tim. It, it's very, very subtle. It's it's the back end of when you sip it, and it goes down. You you kind of taste that strawberry at the end. It's really, really good. I mean, they are doing a great job, Tim. Kudos to you and your crew. Uh, I, just again, cranking out fantastic beers, local, fresh. They're in Rowway, New Jersey. Very easy to get to off the uh, off New Jersey Transit. Five, six stops off the train. Uh, it's walking distance. Tremendous. They're five minutes from my house. They're doing a great job. Tim, outstanding. Well done. Uh, two times IPA by Wet Ticket Brewing. And then I finish it off with a Hopsecutioner by Terrapin. And Laura, uh, from uh, the, the rep from Terrapin, thank you for buying me this one. This was great. Uh, I, I, you know, I, listen, I don't care who you are. Anybody that buys you a beer, it's always a good thing. This one was different, though, and I have to say, some of Terrapin's stuff I really like. I love their stouts. I love their heavier stuff. Uh, this was a little different. Bitter, woodsy tasting, very earthy, um, not what I was expecting out of an IPA, and and I'm on the fence on this one. I'm not exactly sure if I really liked it or I didn't like it. Um, I think this is one that I'd have to try again under different circumstances and just to see uh, if I really liked it. I really was expecting something else. Um I wasn't expecting that. So, like I said, very, like, I'm trying to think what I would compare. I can't, I can't really figure out what I would compare it to. Um, but, again, I'm on the fence on this one. This one was a 50-50 for me. I, I, I'm not sure if I would. I, I think I have to try it again just to see if I really liked it or not. Um, when I sipped it, it wasn't bad. But about halfway through, I was kind of like, mm, I'm not exactly sure. I think I would give this one a dud for this week just because, I, the, the flavors kind of threw me off. The flavor profile threw me off. Where I wasn't, ex- I was expecting one thing and got another. It's the same thing with single cut. I was expecting one thing and I got another, and it was a, a good expectation. This one, not so much. So, Laura, thanks for the beer, but I, I, I have to give this one a dud this week. I wasn't exactly crazy about it, but again, I think I got to try it again just to just to double check and make sure. Maybe it was my palate. I don't know. 
But, folks, we're out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Chris Frenari from Brewbound, John Chiat, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.